you know what? We're so, we're so blessed that we live in Hawaii. And if any of you are just visiting Hawaii, I'm sorry. But we're blessed. Those of you that live here, you know that we're blessed to live here in Hawaii. You know, yesterday our family, um, we went with a couple of our friends, our f- a few other families, and we decided to uh, drive around the island. And so we, we started heading up to uh, Kunia Road, and we started heading towards the North Shore. And uh, I just want to let you know, it was day three of, of the year 2015, and I broke my first New Year's resolution. You know, my first New Year's resolution is to go on a diet, right? To eat healthy, to try to lose weight, right? Well, we went up to the North Shore, and where did we stop? At the shrimp trucks. That's right. And uh, you can't be on a diet. You can't eat healthy at those shrimp trucks. Well, we had a good time anyway. And then we kept driving. We started driving to, to the other side of the island that we rarely go to that side, the east side. And it was a long drive. And then we ended up at probably one of the most beautiful beaches ever. One of the most beautiful beaches on Oahu. And I see, I see Mark and Giselle down there. They were married on that beach at, uh, at Waimanalo. And I have a picture of that beach. See how beautiful it is? We got there about 5 o'clock in the evening. The sun was already starting to set. Um, but that beach, there's about three miles of that beautiful sand on that beach, and it was just gorgeous out there. And then, of course, our kids and some of the other people went swimming. And the next slide shows them out there in the ocean, and you can see the sun setting. It's getting a little dark. There's some shadows. And I don't know if you can see, right in the middle, right above that patch of clouds, the moon came out. Can you see that little white circle right in the middle? It was amazing. It was one of the most beautiful sights ever. And our kids were having a good time. They were, they were uh, body surfing and boogie boarding and having a good time. And, and I was standing on the shoreline. I didn't want to go in. But I was standing on the shoreline, and I'm, I'm sure most of you have been on the beaches, and the waves just kind of come in at your feet. And as, it, as the wave comes in, you kind of move back because you don't want to get too wet. I started just, uh, I was taking some pictures, and then I just started playing around in the sand with my feet. You ever do that? You're barefoot on the beach, see the sand there. So I started doing a new art. It's called foot calligraphy. <laughs> started drawing in the sand with my feet. And it was really cool. I was just having a good time, just enjoying myself out there. But every once in a while, a wave would come in. And it would just wash away, make clean, make blank the sand that I had drawn in with my feet. And I started drawing more, and another wave came in. And I thought about it for a second. And I thought about the new year. And it isn't that how God is like. He gives us a fresh new year. And as I drew in the sand and as the waves came in and it gave me a new clean slate, I looked down into that ocean, that very deep ocean, that went on for miles and miles and miles. And I remember the verse in the Bible that says, when God forgives our sins, he throws our sins into that deep sea of forgetfulness. And as I was standing on that beach and looking at the ocean and playing in the sand, it reminded me, as this new year began, about the sins, the regrets, the failures of the past, that they can all be swept away and washed away, and we can start out afresh 
and anew with a clean slate. And so for that precious moment on that beach yesterday, I stopped and I paused and I just thanked the Lord for who He is. And I thank the Lord for a new day. And I thank the Lord for a new year that He's given to me. That no matter what happened in the past, my shortcomings, my failures, all the regrets, God says today is a new day. Today is a new year. Rejoice and be glad in it. So I thank the Lord. I thank the Lord for a fresh start. And I thank the Lord for a new year. Well, you know, I believe... As we begin this new year of 2015, I believe that 2014 was a good year for the Croc Center. It was a good year for our church. We continue to fulfill the mission, the mission of the Salvation Army, which is simply to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to meet human needs in his name without discrimination. We continue to fulfill that each and every day of the year. And we got another step closer to to re- realizing our vision, our vision for the Croc Center here is that we want to make this a place where, where families and individuals and relationships thrive in the name of Jesus. And we continue to reach out into our community and we made a difference and we made a positive impact in many lives through our various ministries and our outreach programs. Some of them you probably haven't heard of. Something like, things like the MAHI program, M-A-H-I, which is our Micronesian Assimilation to Hawaii program. Our Wednesday Club Youth Ministry, our Family Scholarship Program, our Home League and our Women's Ministry, our preschool, our athletic and music and art programs, our Community Care Ministries and our Christmas Assistance Programs, like our Angel Tree. And I could go on and on and on. But suffice it to say, 2014 was a good year at the Croc Center. And we praise the Lord. We praise the Lord for his blessings. But I also believe that this year, 2015, will be an even better year. I believe that God's mercies are new every morning. And that the outpouring of his Spirit... And his blessings have only just begun. You see, 2015 will be a year of change. It will be a year of transformation. It will be an amazing adventure in the life of our church and of our ohana. And I hope that you will be a part of that. And so as we look ahead into 2015, I ask you the question, are you ready to be blessed? Are you ready for the change? Do you believe that the best is still yet to come? I hope so. You know, we've planted our church here in Kapolei. And empowered, and empowered by God's Holy Spirit, we will make a difference in this community. Because God has called us, he will equip us. And he's already prepared the way for us. And I believe God is going to work in mighty ways. And that you and I together will witness and be part of many miracles that God will orchestrate as we faithfully go about doing what he has called us to. I believe that 2015 will be a magnificent and a miraculous God-honoring year 
We're going to see God work in many new ways and in many lives. And your life and my life will be changed and transformed. Do you believe that? Amen. Amen. Well, as we look ahead into 2015, allow me to share some thoughts with you. Some very brief thoughts. You know, it's this time of the year, the, the, the close of an old year and the beginning of a new year. It's a time when people do a lot of reflection. We ask the question, what kind of a person do I hope to be in 2015? That's why people make New Year's resolutions. They're not quite satisfied with the kind of person they were in the previous year. And so they ask themselves and they look into themselves and they say, what can I do different? What do I hope to be in the year 2015? Well, I believe the same thing holds true for our church. And so this morning, the question I would lay before you is this. What kind of, what kind of church do we hope to be in 2015? I would hope that we'd want to be a successful church. But what is a successful church? Success. When I say success, I don't mean success in the eyes of the world or in the eyes of even other churches or even other believers, but in the sight of God. What is God's idea of a successful church? Remember, a church is not the building, it's not the location. We have a wonderful facilities here. But the church is not the crock center. The church is the gathering of believers. It's you and me. It's those who claim Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. That's who the church is. It's the relationships that we share with one another. It's the ministry and the service that takes place that comes from this group of believers here. That's the church. And the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5, he said, Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might present it to himself a glorious church. So this morning, I ask ourselves, what kind of a church do we hope to be in the year 2015? And if you would let me, I'd like to share with you just six quick items. And we'll go by real quickly. But I believe this is what the Lord wants us to be. So number one, I hope, I hope that we would be a scriptural church. Second Timothy 3 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. A scriptural church. What do I mean by that? You know, some churches fail because they don't accept the entire Bible as the Word of God. Choosing only portions compatible with their, their doctrine or their belief or their practice. 
And we need to obey the whole counsel of God's word. You see, a successful church in the sight of God is a Christ-centered church. It's a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing, and Bible-obeying church. It believes, and this is the first doctrine of the Salvation Army, that all the scriptures of the Old and New Testament were given by inspiration of God, and that they only, only the scriptures, constitute the divine rule of Christian faith and practice. That everything we do, that everything we teach, that everything we believe, that everything we practice is based on God's word, his holy word. It has to be. That has to be our foundation. That has to be the umbrella that everything we do falls under. And you know, a scriptural church, a Bible-believing church, is made up of scriptural believers. Again, it's not just the church, but it's made up of individual believers, you and me. Those individuals who live their lives based on God's word, on the principles and the values found in the Bible. And in 2015, I want our church to be a scriptural church. I want you to be a scriptural people. I want to encourage you at the beginning of this year to read your Bibles, to study your Bibles, to memorize the Word, to meditate it, meditate on it, and by all means, to apply it to your lives and to obey it in your everyday life. I know you've all heard this before, but we're forgetful people. We need to be reminded Read your Bible. You know, we, we print these, and we put these in our bulletins, this little bookmark. It's our Bible reading plan, and it's one way to encourage you to read your Bible. And we're starting this month, in January, it started already a few days, starting the New Testament with the book of Matthew. So we're going to try all we can to help you, to give you opportunities, so that you become a scriptural person, a scriptural believer. And if you don't have a Bible and you need one, just let us know. Let me know, or Major Debbie, or Thomas know. We'll be happy to get you a Bible. And if you don't like carrying around a book, which most of you don't, most of you carry around one of these, right? There's lots of applications, free ones. You can see one up there that I use. It's called the version. It's free. The Bible's in all kinds of different translations. There's devotions. There's all kinds of helps. It even reads the Bible for you. You can just listen to it. So, you know, there should be no excuse. There should be no excuse at all. I hope that we would be a scriptural church. And, of course, the scriptures tells us that we need to read our Bible and we need to pray. Simple things that we teach our kids in Sunday school. But we adults, we need to be reminded. We need to be a scriptural people. We need to read our Bibles and pray, spend time in prayer. Real basic stuff. So I hope that we'd be a scriptural church. The second thing I hope we would be in 2015, I hope that we would be a serving church. A serving church. James said in James chapter 2, if a brother or sister be destitute of daily food, but you give them nothing, what good is that? You know, many churches fail 
because they are self-centered. They do not reach out to assist the less fortunate in their community. Instead, using their tithes and their offerings and their talents and their skills for themselves. The sign of a very successful church is that it's making a visible impact in its surrounding community. It's transforming individuals and families and whole communities because of its presence and because of its ministry there. It has a good pulse on the community and is quick to identify the needs and to take action and to be the salt and the light in this broken and hurting world. The same goes true for us as believers in that church. You know, and God is pleased and he brings success to churches that show concern for the needy and for the suffering and for the bereaved. And that's the kind of church I want us to be, a serving church. And just a quick word of thanks to to so many of you who already serve in our church and he gives so much of your time and your energy and your efforts to serve in our church in so many ways. God bless you for having a servant's heart. But we'll have many, many more opportunities for all of you to serve and to be part of our serving church. And number three, number three, I would also hope that we would be a singing church, a singing church. It says in Ephesians, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. We've already sung this morning. But it goes beyond just singing, because some of us can't sing. But I hope you see our church as a happy and a joyful church, whether or not you can sing. See, not all churches are happy churches. A drab, dull, boring, and unfriendly church leaves one with a feeling of despondency and dejection and sadness and having no desire to return. But successful churches are alive with with joyful people, with singing, with friendliness, with happy anticipation. And one leaves with a warm, welcomed feeling. Love and joy brings a desire to return. That's what I hope our church will be in 2015, where people will have a sense of joy in their hearts. And when people come, they can sense that, and they can see that, and they can feel that. I would hope that we would be a joyful and singing church. And then number four, I told you I'd be very quick. I hope that in 2015, that we would be a soul-winning church. A soul-winning church. Jesus said this. He said in Matthew 9, 37, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Many churches lack a burden and zeal for the unsaved. The members of these churches make little or no effort to reach out to the unsaved. The Great Commission of Jesus admonishes Christians to spread the gospel to every nation, to all the peoples. 
Successful churches reach out to the lost. They reach out to the unsaved. They reach out to the unchurched. There's a word that they use in church growth. It's called transfer growth. Where you see churches grow. There's more people coming to those churches. But the majority of those people come from other churches. They're already believers. They're already Christians. They're already saved. And so what happens, they just go from one church to the next church to the next church. And in the meantime, there's still a whole lot of people out there who don't know Jesus Christ. Who are unsaved, who are dying and going to hell. We need to have a burden. We need to be a soul-winning church. And it's very simple. Very simple. I believe the easiest way to reach out to other people, to unsaved people, is it's, it's you. You have to do it. And you may be afraid. But it's called relationship evangelism. You know people in your sphere of influence who don't know the Lord, who are unsaved, who don't go to church. And it's through your life and through your influence. It may be a family member. It may be a neighbor. It may be a co-worker. Maybe a fellow student. Whoever it may be. They need to know Jesus. And God is saying, you're the person to share that with them. You know, we're going to try to help you do that. In the next several weeks, we're going to be starting a series called, called Just Walk Across the Room. And we're going to teach you and give you examples on how you can share Jesus with someone who doesn't know Jesus. And you don't have to be afraid of that. But we need to have that burden. We need to be a soul-winning church. And we need to be creative and have a strategy and, and, and be a natural soul winner. Let me tell you a story. The story of a, a man who stuttered. I, I would stutter from time to time if I get too excited. And I have relatives. My wife's, both my wife's brothers stutter. So if you stutter, I don't mean to offend you. But the story is there's a man who stuttered. And he needed a job. So he went to a, um, he went to a Bible company. And he said, can, 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 can I have a job? And the manager said, well, I don't think so, because uh, you don't speak too well. And the only jobs we have are, are, are salespeople. Oh, can, 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 can I have a job? Well, I really need, need, need a job. Shh. Okay, I tell you what. I'll give you these case of Bibles, said the manager. And if you can sell these whole case, there's 48 in case, if you can sell it in one day, then you'll have a permanent job. So the man said, thank you. So he took the case of Bibles and went out. And at the end of the day, he came back. And the manager said, so how'd you do? Expecting that he hadn't sold a single Bible. And the man said, I sold the whole case. What? You sold the whole case of Bibles? That's amazing. 
How did you do that? The man said, that's simple. I went up and knocked on the door, and I said, would you like to buy a Bible? Or would you like me to read it to you? He was creative. He had a strategy, and he was just himself. That's all it takes. That's all the Lord expects of us, to witness to others, to tell others about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. So I hope that in 2015 we would be a soul-winning church. And then number five, I hope that we would be a spirit-filled church. A spirit-filled church. Ephesians 5 says, And do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, spiritual failure results in church failure. It's a loss of power. When we take our eyes off of God and when we stop relying on the Holy Spirit, that's failure in God's eyes. And I extend a warning to you and to me as well. As our, our, church, as our church grows, be careful that we don't lose our spiritual eyes and our focus. Be careful that we don't become so self-reliant and sure of ourselves where we don't leave room for God, the Holy Spirit, to intervene. I hope and pray that our prayer would be, Lord, keep us humble. Keep our eyes focused on you, Lord, and not on ourselves. You see, God must have first place in our lives and in our church. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to avoid just the appearance of just going through the motions, but to be truly filled with his Spirit. That is what I hope for in 2015, that we would be a spirit-filled church. And the last thing, the last item on my list, I hope in 2015 that we would be a sending church, a sending church. Jesus said in the Great Commission, Matthew 28, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We need to send people to minister in other places. We need to send people out into our communities. We need to send people to other Salvation Army Corps. We need to send people to other islands, to other countries, to spread the good news, to make disciples of all nations, And I don't mean just a short-term mission for a week or two. But remember the mandate. Go and make disciples. To be intentional about that. And I believe God is calling some of you to go. I don't know where, but to go. And to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. And God has placed a calling on you, no matter where it is. Maybe it is just to your neighbor, to tell him about Jesus. 
But maybe it is to serve in full-time service in the ministry of the Lord. There's a little, uh, there's a little saying, it's, it's going to be up here, that I believe to be true. It says, win, disciple, and send. That's what we should be all about. We win people to the Lord. They get to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And then they become discipled. We disciple them, we train them, we equip them. And they learn and they grow and they mature as believers. But then that's not the end. And so many people just stop at that. But there's the next step. And then we send them out. And they go out. And then others are one. And then others are discipled. And then others are sent out. And then more people are one. And more people are discipled. And more people are sent out. And you see it's a cycle. Win. Disciple. Send. Win. Disciple. Send. Some of us need to get out of our comfort zones. And God is calling you. And he wants to send you. He wants to use you. And we need to be obedient. We need to say, yes, Lord, here I am. And the Lord says, who will go for me? Who will I send? The prophet said in the Old Testament, here I am, Lord. Send me. I'm willing to go. Wherever it may be, whatever it is you want me to do, I'm willing to go. We need to be ascending church. We need to teach people to be fishers of men and fishers of women. And we need to not be afraid to let people go. Because as we let them go and let God use them, God will bring others to us. It's a scriptural principle. So I hope and pray that this coming year, we would be a sending church. So as we come to a close this morning, I ask the question again, what kind of a church do we want to be in 2015? What kind of a church does God want us to be? What kind of a people does God want us to be? Remember, I am the church. You are the church. We need to be a scriptural church. Everything based on God's word. A serving church. A church that models itself after Jesus Christ himself. Who came to seek and to serve that which was lost. We need to be a joyful church. A soul-winning church, a church that has a passion and a burden for those who are lost. We need to be a spirit-filled church that we rely on God's Holy Spirit. And as we are blessed, we bless others by being a sending church.